I don't care. You don't care. I don't care. No. Go ahead, Walter. Bug me. <laughs> but, but, I just want to focus. <laughs> bug Christy, please. Go uh, for it, Walter. to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. I would I don't know how to start this off. So my guest today, actually I'm a guest at her house. I'm with Christy McWilson. Christy, thank you so much for uh, your hospitality and some laughs already. Can you share with our audience your story? Well, I was born in San Francisco. I, I'd like to know what you narrow it down a little bit. I got a lot of stories going on. Well, when did you move to Seattle? Okay, I moved to Seattle in 1980. I did not want to come. I was not happy about it at all. I'm a fourth generation Californian, and I thought the deal was, okay, said my husband, we'll stay for two years. He was very smart to do that, because in two years, I'd already was in a band, and I made friends, and, um, oh, start again? No. Go oh, ahead. no, that's okay. <laughs> We're all learning, Scott. <laughs> yes. Technical challenges. This is live without a net. Okay. So, two Oh, years. but I'm just saying, and I ended up in Seattle, and here I am many years later. I still feel like I'm a Californian. I still identify as Californian, but um, I pretty much, everybody I know almost lives here. My family's moved up here, and, and all my friends are but i have so many friends still in california i'm not saying that it's just that i give up i live in seattle Seattle. yeah you alluded to the fact that he was smart and that you were in a band in a couple of years well yeah he was he he i think he gambled you know i'll say two years and she'll come up and be fine about it and then um you know the odds of me saying no two years are up let's go but you know of course two years is a long time back then Absolutely. Now it's nothing. So what band were you? What was your first band in the Seattle area? Well, the first one was a uh, the Dinette Set, which was back then, back in 1981 or 282. <laughs> God, such a long time ago. Um, it was a cover band, but it was done by rock players, and it wasn't seen as covers back then. It was they were um, girl group songs. And uh, that wasn't done. People didn't, it wasn't the oldies stations. So we had three women. We were all in our early 20s, even teens, and started playing this music with rock players. We were seriously heavy-duty 80s punk players playing these songs. And um, it was a big deal. It was. And we were flown down to L.A., and made a video and all these people were looking at us with their pupils were like dollar signs, you know, and I didn't like it, but why, why didn't you like it? Well, you know, I'm never destined. I am not destined for greatness because I, I like music. (laughs) I really do. I mean, I like music and if you really truly like music, I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm not unique, but I'm totally happy to give up uh, what would make my life so much easier is if I'd bent a little bit and had 
and done the things that I was supposed to do, if I'd gone along with Nashville offers, you know, I probably would be having some money and some easier, an easier lifestyle, but I can't do that when it comes to music. I just can't. So that's just how I am. I don't remember the dinette set clearly. Yeah. Which you'll hear me say a lot about well, the, neither, the early actually, 80s. Okay, good, good. Honest. But you said something that I wasn't aware of. So, punk band with the girl, well, we were, girl overlay? That's interesting. Well, I would say hard edge. I mean, everybody in that band was a music lover, aficionado, hardcore music people. Okay. And it wasn't like... It, everybody, it was kind of translated. We were young. We were young kids and the sixties music was tame-ish. So we were, I mean, this is, this is in the era of, um, my mind just totally went blank. Like I'd never heard of any, any bands in my entire life that had the clash. I mean, I'd mm-hmm. come back from England and I'd spent a lot of time, you know, watching Reckless Eric and all these bands you know that were hardcore so we come back and we start this band and there's elements that cross over that i like that about music i like it when music genres interbreed that to me is where it's really exciting if you're trying to copy something you can never totally copy something but if you copy it and are influenced by other things you end up making your own sound and i think the dinette set had that so you mentioned Why, one of my favorite anyway. bands, which was The Clash. Yeah. Did you ever get to see them play live? I never did. Okay. I never did. Okay. All right. So. Sadness. Yes. Okay. So what came after the dinette set musically? Well, okay. The music, after the dinette set, I kind of veered into um, rockabilly, country, soul. I ended up... Jackson, I met Jackson, my the drummer. Mm-hmm. He was in another band, and I I knew him because he was an opening act, and he played and he played drums. And then one time he sang, and I'll never forget it. I just went, "Oh my god!" I had no idea that guy could sing, and it was like zing. And um, I knew I wanted to be in a band with him. It was like I have to sing with this guy. So we ended up playing in this band we had called the Power Mowers. And in our mind, it was it was James Brown meets Wanda Jackson. And that was our theory for this band. We thought, what a great idea. James Brown meets Wanda Jackson in the Power Mowers. So that was our theory. Okay. We were doing these songs, but the problem was, is James Brown was so much more vocally, physically way more powerful than I had a chance to be with the songs that we played that inevitably it, it just didn't work. And what ended up happening though, was he started playing drums, stand up drums, and we ended up starting the pickets, which by him playing drums kind of slowed his energy down and sent mine forward. And then we were off and running. That's when the pickets started. And that was great. That was a great band is a great band. Well, let's talk about the Pickets then. Why, for you, why were they a great band? What? Well, for me, I'd never, it was something we were kind of creating on the fly. I mean, we were, it was coming to us. It was amazing. Um, Jackson was playing stand-up drum, very stripped down. He had a a kick, a hi-hat. I think he might have had a ride and a snare. That was it. 
And I was playing guitar and singing. I was playing, I was kind of driving it. And it was a stripped down song, uh, stripped down band, but this power came out of it that was unexpected. And it had harmonies and um, we were writing our own material pretty much. And if we weren't, we were interpreting other people's songs. Like we did, you know, should I stay or should I go? Right. We've heard our version <laughs> yes, of it. Yes, I heard your okay, version yes. of that, yes. So um, we were doing things like that. And um, it was a very, we were creative band. Anything went, we were trying everything. And I thought it was a really amazing band. We were doing great. And then 1992 came and it was like, everything stopped. Suddenly there was an enormous divide, a cultural music divide. Were you Garth Brooks or were you Nirvana? Both of those two things hit and we were neither, but we certainly weren't Garth Brooks. But in the town of Nirvana, it looked as if we were Garth Brooks and we were still friends with all these people, we were friends with the posies and the fastbacks and all these, you know, hardcore, great, amazing bands. But we were seeing, I'd say a little bit disdainfully. And we played and played all the time. And the good part about it was that any band that came, any band that came into Seattle that wasn't something that was trying to be a Nirvana or Soundgarden, was paired with us. So we had these amazing shows. We played with Johnny Cash. That was something I'll never forget. That was high. I got my autographed to Christy. Look, Johnny asked me if I wanted his picture. Really? Yes, I still have it. So how uh, I'm going to interrupt. How sure. how was it? How was he? It was a highlight of my life. 1995, August 8th at the pier in uh, downtown Seattle. And, oh, those AT&T shows that they had yeah. back then? Okay. And it was amazing because, I, you know, we were opening for freaking everybody. But this one, we were out, we are doing a sound check. And there's a tape of this somewhere. Someone was recording our sound check. I'm singing away this waltz. And I turn to the soundboard where the monitor is. There is the man in black. I mean, it was like seeing Jesus. And no, it really was. <laughs> no, I can imagine he, it'd be it, shocking. It was. I was not expecting that. And I look over, and in, in the recording, you hear my voice go, <laughs> I couldn't help it. But you see him give me the, th- I saw him give me this thumbs up. And I, I was stunned. And I looked around the rest of the band. Nobody else saw it. And I was like, no one's going to believe this. No one's going to believe this. And I said, you guys, Johnny Cash came out during our sound check. He came out. He listened. Um, other people saw it, so I wasn't seen as <laughs> delusional. But we played our set. And afterwards, God, I can go on about this forever. Is this Please okay? do. No, go ahead. We were in our little sound, I mean our sound room, our backstage tent on the pier. And we're all, you know, we're finished. It was great. We had a wonderful time. And suddenly the doors part. And like the kings and queen, in comes John and June. Johnny and June. And she's wearing this evening gown thing. And we were, you know, I have met so many stars. I have done so many things with so many famous people. That's the only time I've been completely, utterly starstruck i couldn't even talk were you a cash fan oh, yes. okay so oh okay. yes 
Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. The whole, we got to play not just with John and June, but the Carter sisters. The Carter sisters played. I mean, that to me was the incredible thing that and wow. people seem to only care about Johnny Cash, but man, it, it's about, it's about, um, the Carter family, you know, right. to, to play with the Carter. Wow. It was something else. So they come in and we were all stunned. I've never seen Walter. He just, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about that. If that happened and they were shaking her hands and talking, June goes, you sing like a little nightingale. It was great. It was amazing. And then, I mean, this is like, you fantasize about nights like this. He gets on stage and I took that moment to run to the outhouse because I had to use the facilities and he starts talking about what a great band the pickets were. And I mean, I was like, I just couldn't believe it. Anyway, it was an, an amazing, amazing night. And, um, that's a great story. It was highlight of my life. That's a great story. It is. And it's true. That's the killer. I've got his <laughs> autograph to prove it. God is on. And that's where, you know, I got kind of, uh, this woman comes up to me, I told you, and she said, Christy, Johnny wants to know if you'd like his autograph. And I said, well, uh, yeah, but <laughs> could I also have June's autograph? And she looks at me really blankly and she said, we don't have June pictures. And I was shocked. I was like, why not? And she had no answer. And I felt really bad because, um, to me, June is every bit as an icon as Johnny Cash. You know, she's huge. So she sang this song called I Used to Be Somebody. And um, it really bummed me out. So, of course, I did one of my, I had to do an answer song. Um, you're still somebody to me. Because it made me sad. I really felt like, man, you're someone on your own right. She married Johnny and it's like she almost got extinguished right. by how powerful he is. You know. They're both amazing. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I can just talk and talk no, and talk this about is that. Great. Night. So <laughs> who else? Well, not 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 so much who else. Let's let's go there. Not go there. One of the questions I love to ask musicians is in Washington State. So this is Washington State based. Now okay. you don't get to say someplace in Nashville or anything, but as a performer, where's an example of a really memorable place that from the performer's side of the the world that you've played and do they you mean now or before before any, any, oh anywhere. shoot so, i would definitely say the backstage in ballard okay. i have to say the backstage nobody said that yet oh really you're the first person well, to say the backstage probably the oldest no no you're um, not the, cro and, the, the crocodile is amazing the backstage is amazing um the tractor is amazing those three are probably the I've played them the most mm -hmm. and I've had the most significant experiences but there was something magical about the backstage for me personally that I was always haunted when I was there I was I really could hear everything beautifully there was just a cool feeling backstage with the bands the bar staff was always really it was a good place I, I miss that place to this day so let's turn the tables where's a notable venue that you've seen people perform at backstage <laughs> uh, i've seen a lot of great things at the triple door they have amazing sound system you cannot find a bad spot mm -hmm. for the sound there's no there are no bad 
um, spots in the triple door. No, no. So that's a great place. If I thought about it more, there's this really cool place up in, uh, oh gosh, it's south of Bellingham. It's the museum. What's it called? Oh my goodness. Cut this out because it might be gone now. Um, let me ask here. Okay. <laughs> One second. You can keep it going. Okay. Hey, Jackson, what's the name of that place that we played? Walter, you might know too. Up south of uh, the really cool of the artwork we played on. We played two rooms. Oh, right. Uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't remember either. The museum or the uh, Conway. Conway Muse. The Conway Muse. Okay. The Conway Muse. That's a really cool place. I it, I really, it had a very cool vibe to okay. w- both watching and playing at the con- Have you ever been there? I have not. I've not been I, there. I hope they still last through the um, COVID because it's a pretty amazing place. Yeah, COVID is been interesting, right? I mean, that's yeah, yeah, that's it. That's a good you know, polite word. Slims is really good. Oh my gosh, there's so many cool Slims. Places. I haven't been to Slims in so long. No, yeah. I've been to Slims, but I haven't been to Slims in so long. I forgot about yeah, Slims. That's such a great, no, it's a great place. Great place. And I like that. Um, the Albatross, the Hotel Albatross. I haven't been there. That's a really cool one too. Okay. There's so many. Right. I mean, people see. This is what I want to say about Seattle. I always hearken back to this: how the music scene in Seattle is so cool. The the from the people that book the shows, from the people that have the clubs, to the musicians, to every sound people, they're all really great, caring people. I, I it's rare to find people that don't care about the music first and the people first. And I'm serious about this. Well, before we started recording, you were mentioning how. You felt that the Seattle community was um, unique, unique and collaborative. <laughs> Very much so. Not competitive. Not overtly competitive. No, I mean there are Co- always those people, always. Sure. But I think in the heart and soul, Seattle is uh, my my Seattle has been very connected. People are supportive of each other. Okay. Down the line. So how I first heard about you, which it was an incorrect statement, so I'll I'll share my side of this now. Sure. Is I was at the track show one night. Dave Alvin was playing. You were on stage with Dave, or at least this is my memory. You might have been the opening act that night. I don't remember. Probably. But I think you were singing with Dave. Yeah. Um. Then. Listening to Dave's catalog, he had the the Guilty Women, uh, Dave Allen, the Guilty Women album yeah. that you're on. And that's where your name started clicking. It was only after doing a little bit of research that I realized that you were in the dinette set right. back, back in the day. Right. And so I think it's fascinating that I've found you musically through... Backwards. Yeah, backwards. <laughs> exactly. And so I've seen you perform at the Tractor, mm-hmm. which I think is a great venue. I think it's a great venue. It's um, uh, it's a great yeah, it's a great venue, and I hope it goes forever. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But then, as I kind of bounced around your catalog of music, you've done some solo work too. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Okay. What? So the pickets, like you said, you you, you weren't Garth Brooks and you weren't Nirvana, oh. so the pickets. We were us. Yeah, you were you were unique. Yes. And then 
the pickets kind of stopped wanting to work like I wanted to work. I wanted to keep touring. I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. And the other players, for the most part, didn't. And so I remember playing this show, um, opening for Dave Alvin down at the pier. And I remember thinking, gosh, you know, this is pretty much it. I guess my music career is over and that's bound to happen. I'm getting up there. I'm 40 something. So let's forget it. And, uh, afterwards I went backstage and Dave was changing his strings on his guitar and he said, come here. And I said, yeah. And he goes, how about you and me make us an album sometime? And I was kind of like, <laughs> I said, well, yeah, because I'd totally given up. And so that was the second leg of my, I've had three legs, the dinette set, the pickets, and then the Dave Alvin years when we recorded two solo albums. Uh, the um, the pickets recorded for Rounder. We did a couple albums for Rounder, one on Pop Llama, and this one was with High Tone, which was what the label Dave's on. So I did two records with Dave, which was really great. It was me standing on my own two feet. Really scared me. It's one thing to go out and play a show by yourself with a band. I'm cocky as hell. But when it's my name and I'm by myself, I'm not so cocky, I found out. I was <laughs> really freaked out. Played on Conan O'Brien, though. And that was great because... It was a high watermark for me. So not to make this oh, a therapy sorry. session. Oh, sure. Right why on. do you think it was, though, that you were more not as comfortable with your own solo? I mean, I'm a, I don't know. Because you you're still up there for singing. It's not like you. I, I'm a community person. I enjoy the process. I like being with people. I like it as a group. And I'm not that big of an egotist. I mean, it sounds like maybe I am, but I'm not. No, you don't really. sound like that at all. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. And I like sharing the, um, I got asked to play, to sing the Star Spangled Banner at the Mariners game. Okay. I don't give a rat's ass about baseball. I'm a basketball person. I don't care about it at all. But I had a friend who lived breathed, died Mariners. And I said, you want to sing the Star Spangled Banner with me? Because I couldn't do it by myself. So this is, I mean, that's just kind of, I'd rather share. Than, so you're very inclusive. I'm inclusive. Perfect word for me. I am very inclusive. And that's just how I am. For better, for worse. That's not always the best thing. But overall, that's a good thing. And that's who I am. And I, so it was hard to be Christy McWilson. I wanted everybody else to be, it, it's good for hiding too. I have to say that. I'm not a big, ladies and gentlemen, as, as much as I might seem like that, I'm actually, I'm an introvert. I really am. I'd rather hang out in my room reading a book than going to parties and small talking. So, so does, here we are, small talking. <laughs> about me. Let's talk about me. But let me ask you, does, does a switch kind of flip when you go on stage to perform? Yes. Okay. It does. It definitely does. Hello, Walter. Hey. How you doing? Doing well. Thanks. This is my... How are you guys doing? We're good. We're talking about me. Talking about me. <laughs> Only me. So can you get out of here, Walter? Yeah, why don't you talk about me for a while? Um, a flip does switch. No, switch does flip. Can I have more wine, please? Um <laughs> It does. I, it's two different things. And I'm really comfortable on stage. I have a role. I'm comfortable, but I don't like 
talking to people and you know like i am not good with patter i'm not good with i like playing the music i like playing the music i'm a show off when it comes to singing and playing and feeling the music but you know okay that's it yes i couldn't do it i I couldn't do it no yeah no trust me you would no no one would ever want to hear me sing first off it would it would uh showers and karaoke machines cannot help me it's it's that bad have you done karaoke no i won't because i respect everybody in the room too much (laughs) i don't know even if i don't know them i'm gonna like them you know i don't want them to be miserable hey it's the spirit of music i really do believe that walter what are you doing (laughs) somebody's climbing over the deck it's it's okay folks um COVID's thrown a loop or thrown us for a loop and all that. Musically, what are you doing these days? In- it's interesting. Um, nothing. But I've had plenty of time to hatch. You know, I've been nesting. I didn't realize this, but I've been nesting on all these, all this music that I've had either halfway written and given up on and not done, but it's been in there. Okay. And all of a sudden I started going, I think they're hatching. So my latest plan is I'm going to do another record. I'm going to. I just that just came out recently. Like I, I'm ready to do that. It's time. It's time, it's time. to do a new album. one last one. I'll call anyway. it an album. It's gotta be an album. An album. I, I'm old. I like albums. I like albums too. Yeah. I said record. Did you hear well, that? Well, yeah, I got that. Yeah. So are you gonna record it locally? Probably. I don't know how I'm going to do it exactly. Just this realization just struck like, whoa, I got a lot of stuff here. And I started thinking, I'm going to do it bits and pieces and different players. Mm -hmm. Um, I had an album I was going to do. And at the last second, the lead guitar player didn't want to play anymore for some reason. And um, it was actually the greatest thing because I got all these different players to come in and it added this whole different feel to the album. And I like that. So I think I'm going to do, you know, the standard Jackson and the drummer and mm-hmm. Walter, the bass player and me, and then different people. Rot- rotate, yeah. rotating so, through. I'll be excited. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I don't have, that's really all I've got so that's far, it. but. I haven't had that before. Before people said, "When are you going to record?" I don't have anything to record, but suddenly I do, and suddenly I'm ready. So, we'll do you, see. do you anticipate you'll go perform live again? Yeah. Do you do you want to? Yeah, I, I miss I mean, my you, friends mostly. I miss seeing people, um, other bands because that's I don't usually go out to see other bands. I usually see other bands when we're playing together. Okay. I hate to admit that, but it's true. I don't go out very often. And I miss seeing the people that I've gotten to know at shows, and I really do miss them. They're people I care about who, you know, new and old. So, well, I do think cautiously optimistic. We're getting closer and closer oh, yeah. to being able to do this. Uh-huh. Um, we'll see. You know what I want to do? What's up? I want to play in my backyard here, like this, and in Walter's backyard. I'm like really onto this idea of backyard parties clothesline parties he had this big clothesline we were doing videos that's that's what i'm nothing to the clubs i love the clubs right but i kind of like this idea of real casual um, get your friends outside in your backyard and playing some some music i don't know you can clip that out if you want. no i, I don't want to clip that out i think I, i'm going to talk you into playing something tonight well since my whole band is here, yeah. I guess I'm going well, to have to do that. <laughs> so I always love to ask people. So this question's a little challenging because of COVID. So okay. you feel free to go pre-COVID with the answers. Okay. 
What do you do for fun and excitement in Seattle? I know you stay home a lot and you like to read, but I do. what's something that people might not know about the Seattle area that you think is pretty cool? The neighborhoods, just the individual little neighborhoods that we have here. Okay. Um, and finding out somebody who lives like in Wallingford and where they go or Ballard and where they go, West Seattle. Oh my gosh, West Seattle has become, especially with the bridge gone. Somebody <laughs> said it was East Vashon and I love it. We are, <laughs> it's, um, we are a, a community within itself, but there's all, you know, easy street records. There's all these little cool places. I think that's, I love that. That's great. That's actually great. T-shirt should be printed. Are are you? Do you drink coffee? I mean, everyone in Seattle has to drink coffee. I drink coffee. Okay, where do you like to go for coffee? I like to go to C and P Coffee right up the street. On it's a really great place. And you know what I like about them? They have allowed me. I work with kids to take um, Jackson and Walter. Gosh, we we had these like every year five or six different kids at the school we work at play music and we get they give us a night and we play it's my favorite night of the year. I am a sick person, but it's really fun. We've had these little kids up there, the same group, you know, right. that, that get to sing and play their ukuleles and we back them up and it's really fun. So it doesn't it's not as cute as it might sound because we play too. But right, they, they're like, but the kids are probably up. thinking that's wonderful. Oh, they are. It's really. It's, How old are the kids typically? I'd say about eight, eight to ten. Okay, seven to ten, something like that. And so, it's, but that's so that's a huge impression, though. You're making a really positive impression on a very impressionable age. Yes, and it's community. I really always am. I always end up focused back at that, but it ends up with this little. Um, community of of people. I I don't know what I'm talking about, but I really like the feeling of of inclusiveness. There we go, inclusive community and these kids singing and um, at the whole crowd being on their team. You know, this little girl we were playing. Here comes the sun. We were all singing it, and she had her ukulele, and she <laughs> the part was da 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 da. You know that part. Uh huh. She pretty much had it she was and then everybody would go and she made it i don't know you had to have been there but man that's the kind of stuff i like i'm a i everybody else can be talking about the big stars no that's this is for six-year-olds playing so that's just awesome though i mean that's just awesome it is awesome it really is and i like that i you know one time uno who ran pop llama music i don't know if you know but he one time said you know christy when it comes down to it music is something you sing around the campfire and that stuck with me because it really is you can get all fancy you can get it this is your job this is your ambition this is your this this is your that really it's this thing that we do to i don't no, it's that's very cool. I mean, I don't. I'm not going to want to hear this uh, played back. I yeah, think. yeah. I think you will. I hope <laughs> it's authentic. Okay. It's not. That's the whole. The whole. The whole point of these shows is not polished. Mm-hmm. 
I told you, I think I gave you my analogy that they're like a Grateful Dead show. They're, you know, we, we meander around. It might be magical and it might be a train wreck, yeah. but if it's what it is yeah. and that's, we I don't, like that. the goal is to have an honest conversation yes. and, and like we're having a cup of coffee, a glass of wine. You're what? Me feel better. Okay, no, it's just, I just, this isn't, this isn't evening magazine. Right. And I tend to forget there's anybody else here. I'm like talking yeah. to you. Well, and that's the goal. Listen. That's the goal is that we're just having a conversation Which and, we are. and we're having, you know, I'm getting to know you. This is all about me. I get to, I get to pick the guests. And if they say <laughs> yes, I get to have conversations with people I want to talk to. And new friends. Yeah. New friends. I mean, I'm over You're here. Being inclusive too. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here on your deck and it's great. And we're having a conversation and people can choose to listen to it. That's cool. I hope they do. So, I'm going to wrap this up because I'm looking down at my battery looks a little low. So this is going to be a little shorter than normal. All right. But I would love to talk you guys into playing something. So we're going to, but do you, but I always try to give the guests the last word. Where can people listen to your music? You're on. I don't know. Uh, You know. You're on Spotify. I am. Christy McWilson's, your your solo stuff is on Spotify. I want to say I saw a Pickett's album on there. Uh, but I can't with 100% certainty. You know what? I wouldn't know. I don't pay any attention to that. I imagine that's true. I know that um, my booking agent management woman put mm. put me, have my own Facebook and Instagram thing that I never go on right. and things like that. So I, you know, I don't know. I go out on the road. I, well, not recently. Not recently. Of course. But um, yeah, I bet you google well probably i'll put some links there. below in the in the show notes page there's okay. I, I know where to find a couple of your things so i can share that okay. out for people to listen Thanks. to you and thank you so much for opening your your home up to allow me to come over today so let's pause play some music And the beautiful thing is that Steve will never hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we... Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for coming. So, uh, (laughs) we have three songs. Two, four...
Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.